I'm Jade Driver. And I'm Cassie Petrie, and we are the co-founders of CrowdSurf, a marketing, publicity, and artist management firm based in LA, New York, and Nashville that we started together in our college dorm rooms because we wanted to work with our favorite music artists. And now we do, and we want to teach you how you can do it too. This is How I Got Backstage. Hey guys, welcome to the first, but hopefully not the last, podcast from myself, Jade Driver, and my co-host slash business partner slash college roommate and travel companion, Cassie Petrie. Woo! Yay! Clapping for myself. That's always awesome. I clapped a little bit too. Thank you. (laughs) Hey everyone. I'm so thrilled that you're listening to my voice right now. I've always wanted to be professionally recorded, but unfortunately the singing thing just never really worked out for me. So I guess this is like really my only other option. I mean, maybe we can have you serenade our listeners in another episode. I'm not sure if that's going to be like what we want to do to keep people listening to the (laughs) podcast. You're you're probably right. So uh so this is our podcast. It's uh it's actually happening. We're actually doing this. Like People have told us for years, you guys need a radio show, you guys need a TV show, and nothing really ever felt right. It never felt like there was a medium that really allowed us to be ourselves, have control, and not lose our jobs. Um, So now, now that we were kind of like, you know, a decade and a half into our careers, we have a little more freedom, we have a little more legitimacy, we can kind of say things. And uh, I think this is a really good format to kind of tell our stories and get more into kind of the meaning of this podcast. And that's really helping other people. So um, Cassie, I guess on this episode, we're just going to basically talk about ourselves. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I kind of hate that, but Mm -hmm. I kind of love it at the same time. But uh, let's just start out by laying out this whole podcast podcast thing and and telling people kind of I think a good thing to start with is what we do for a living. Okay. Well, um, you know, in the simplified version of that is that Jade and I own a company called CrowdSurf. Uh, we actually started it while we were in college and we're still going strong almost 12 years later, which is amazing. Um, and really amazing. We're very happy about that. We never in a million years dreamed that we would still be here, so I mean, I don't know how I got through it some days, but but we did it. But we're here, we're here. still. Then we're 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 still doing the things. Um, we basically do everything we can to help music artists and their teams share their music uh, with the world through basically any means necessary. You know, and not you know not just not like illegal stuff, but like whether it's managing their careers or helping them with digital marketing, social media, publicity, or anything any means necessary any means we are we are there to help we are there to problem we are and i mean you know over the past decade or more we've done some pretty random stuff to promote our artists so we were kind of going back and forth and reminiscing about this today and i was you know talking about this one time i had an employee dress up as an ice cream cone and walk down broadway in nashville giving away tickets to see a boy band show I mean, who 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 applies for a job to do marketing professionally and thinks they're going to end up as like the hot dog person on the street? I mean, I prefer ice cream to hot dog person. I absolutely do. And, and they got to go see the boy band. So just saying. But uh, and then, yeah. And then there was a time uh, you actually had some very interesting, very early on experiences with Mr. Blake Shelton. Yes, um, I did have a lot of interesting sort of early on experiences with Blake Shelton. Um, I was a a part of 
kind of introducing him to the world of social media. And, and a big part of that was um, making a YouTube account for him. And, you know, one time the, that YouTube account involved having him like make out with a photo of Faith Hill and like get caught secretly. I remember that. And then also I remember you filmed him peeing. Yeah. Yes and no. Like kind of, but it was like a bottle and not actually him. But like, it looked peeing. like he was peeing. It was it, a pretty funny. It was, like, it, was it was realistic. It was <laughs> um, And, you know, even last week uh, I made a Backstreet Boy ride a real live bucking Bronco bull. A real bull. Yeah, th- that happened last bull. week. I'm, I'm kind of sad I wasn't there to see it. But uh... <laughs> it was funny because I was a little freaked out mm-hmm. by the bull. And then it was AJ. And he was just kind of like, um, yeah, like, I wouldn't get on that bull. And I was like, yeah, you're getting on that bull. <laughs> and uh, and he did. You know, he's always down for the, for the crazy. So that's why I really think we make a good team. So you guys are going to hear all about our jobs, how we created our company. We started in our dorm room, all kinds of funny anecdotes from our everyday life. But honestly, I really want to touch on something that's really important to us. And that is the fact that we are self-proclaimed fangirls and we love fans. We truly, truly, truly do. We, we love them. We are them. Like that is when, when people ask us what our first job was, like if, if there was if it made sense to put it on a resume fangirl will be the first job that both of us had absolutely printing uh flyers for local artists at the library doing online i don't know back then it was message boards instead of you know social media accounts all all those things we did them we know them we love them and it really helped evolve into what became our careers so uh back when you know i was in high school back in 1999, taking it way back. Um, I had this idea and like, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I really loved Big Shocker, the Backstreet Boys. And um, basically I had an idea that I wanted to work with them. And I, you know, I went to my high school guidance counselor. I told her, I have this idea. Maybe it's not gonna be the Backstreet Boys, but I'd love to work for the Backstreet Boys, but I wanna work in music. I know that there are people that do things behind the scenes, you know, of these artists that you see. And, um, you know, bless her heart, but she just didn't have an answer for me. Um, You know, I lived in a small town in Virginia. She was as nice as could be. She had some other suggestions for me, such as journalism or or law. But I knew that there was, you know, something I could do directly with artists. And so I kind of just blew off that no and decided I was going to make it happen for myself. So, uh, you know, Cassie and I figured it out on our own. And uh, the goal here is to not have you guys figure it out on your own. We have so many people that come up to us when we're touring or message us on Instagram and say, how do I get your job? How do I do what you do? And I've realized that this is a, obviously a very important question if you do have that passion and one that is not easily answered and doesn't have a lot of resources. So a big part of doing this podcast, sharing this information with you guys is to one, help you, to entertain you, and then hopefully you guys can be awesome and come work for us. So it's really just a uh an employee scouting scam exactly pretty much you know (laughs) yep no linkedin for us we're just getting everyone from our podcast yeah come work for us you know (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so cassie i I know you also you're from kentucky you were in a very similar boat in high school We're, we're a little bit different in age but still five years later when you were in high school you were in a very similar situation yeah absolutely i mean i was i was definitely in the same situation uh jade and i both um you know come from different places but we met in college and really came from uh you know similar 
uh, having the same dreams, same questions, and we're really lucky to find each other and figure um, all this out together. It's in, you know, sometimes it's, um, you really feel alone in this journey in terms of figuring out what you want to do with your career. And if you want to work in music, you're like, I don't know anybody. I don't have any natural connections. How do I do this? And um, it, it may feel hard, but we just want you to know and to trust us that you really can do this and, or, or anything else you want in life. Uh, we are living proof that you can um, make it in the music business with no pre-existing connections. That's both what we came from. And then we've built everything from, from the ground up. Um, we were just small town girls yep. living in a lonely world. And we drove to a lot of cities to stalk a lot of boy bands. <laughs> so, uh, but Cassie, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I believe it is time for our sponsor break. Oh, yes, it is. This is the, the point in the podcast where we talk about our sponsors yeah! that we don't have. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so this um, this podcast is sponsored by us. Woohoo! Woohoo! But in all seriousness, if you love this podcast already and want to talk sponsorship, well, you might be crazy because we have no listeners yet. But hey, we'll take your call or email you. Just reach out to sponsors at howigotbackstage.com. And we'll probably answer you like immediately. Yeah, in like under 20 minutes. Probably. So if you have money for us, we'll take it. Or free chips. Yeah. I like chips. Or, or if you just want to tell us you, you like us but don't have any money. <laughs> or if you want to tell us you hate us. I mean, you know, maybe not. I don't like those emails. No, I don't like the yeah. Okay. So we've mentioned a few kind of funny anecdotes at the beginning, but I wanted to get into some more deeper stories that are kind of unknown, but really amazing and we want to share with you guys. So Cassie, I always loved the story about how you actually worked with Fifth Harmony when you were working at X Factor USA and you were there from the day that they auditioned all the way through them getting a record deal and work with them for years after. I'd love for you to kind of expand on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of my, when somebody asks, like, what, have you been on a project since the beginning? Like Fifth Harmony is a project that I was on since the beginning. I, I saw and met all the girls as individuals uh, because they all auditioned as individuals on the show. And then they were put together on the show and they had, uh, they actually had two names before they were Fifth Harmony on the show. They were um, called the Lilas, which is love you like a sis. Love you like a sis. And then they also had uh, the name 1432, which apparently is like, I never went through my pager phase. I, st I kind of want to, though. Maybe. Yes. 143 is I love you. So I love you, too. Yes. Yeah. Or I love you, too. OK, yes. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm learning so many new things right now. I mean, I was the I was the high school kid with a pager. That's because I'm older than you. But I'm sad you missed that phase. I can still have that face. I <laughs> Please <promise>. don't. <laughs> oh, I will. No, I'm going from, I, I'm getting rid of my iPhone and getting a pager. You all watch me. Oh, dear. Um, anyway. Uh, so, and then Fifth Harmony finally got named Fifth Harmony. And I actually remember this being like kind of one of the more um, exciting slash stressful moments of, of my career, actually. Um, I would, this was in 2012. So it was about six years ago before... You know, social media wasn't it's it was popular then, but it wasn't as in, I guess as important or viewed as important as it is now. And there was um there was a moment in the show where they were going to announce Fifth Harmony's new name, and my the task I had at hand was to change their Twitter handle live as that announcement happened on air. 
So it, it, and it's it's now like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they all have these amazing people that would have been able to help me with this moment, but that just didn't exist at that point. So I literally had like two different computers open and basically had to flip like had to time it so that I had to flip flop the handle names at the same time, like right before Simon Cal announced it. And um, it, I was very stressed because you want to make sure that like somebody else doesn't get your name before it's announced, but you also want to make sure that you don't reveal the account name being changed before it's announced on air. So it was one of those um, moments where I was like, I really hope something doesn't time out. I really hope the internet works. Cause at that point I was like working like in a tent, like behind the stage. <laughs> so it, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I really hope this goes right because otherwise they're not going to have at fifth harmony, but it went they're... great. And you got at fifth harmony and it's there now it's been it has millions and millions of followers and you started that twitter account like yep. many others we started it, it's actually. so cool to like have been like the person that kind of like registered that and then gave it to the girls to take over and um it's it's really you know one of those stories i've been able to watch since like page one and um i remember when they um after the show they didn't come in first place so you don't like get automatically get a record deal and i remember um i Sony kind of like hired CrowdSurf to, I mean, we were tied we're, them over. Yeah. Tied them over. We were helping <laughs> they with figured like, out what was going to happen. They like, didn't group. have management yet. They didn't have a label yet. And we were just kind of like there to, to help. We were really the only people working on the project for a couple months after the, the show ended. And then it, I think people realized like, Oh, like this is like it, like this is going to happen. This is going to yeah. happen. And it, um, you know, more team members came in and, you know, made made things happen. But um, and we still got to work on it and be a part of that whole story. But um, I, you know, I'm grateful for all the moments that uh, we've had on that project. It's yeah, that's amazing. It's so cool to, to really be able to work with something at the very beginning and see it through as it gets huge, because it's kind of rare, actually. Uh, teams flip flop a lot. There are a lot of changes constantly in the music industry, but that's one that did stay and is a great kind of part of our history now. So, you know, it's also inevitable that we talk about the Backstreet Boys. Yes, we work with the Backstreet Boys. One of our biggest dreams came true. Who knew? We did. Yeah, you're right. We totally did. And you guys really can. We're going to go over this so many times, but you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, if Two girls from Virginia, Kentucky ended up working with their favorite band that was selling, what was it? It's been 140 million albums worldwide. Something crazy I mean, like crazy. That. I can't count that high. Um, but yeah, we've been with the Backstreet Boys for six or seven years now. And honestly, we have experienced so many unbelievable moments that honestly, we never thought we'd get to do these things. And one of my favorites has probably been working to launch their Las Vegas residency. So uh, Cassie and I, like I said, have loved the Backstreet boys forever and if you guys have ever seen a vegas residency whether with britney or j-lo or mariah carey or celine um really a vegas residency is kind of a what do you call it like a like a story of that artist's career is kind of the way a show is designed yeah so, that's, that's how they're presented yeah now. and so um we it was really cool because we got to go in as they were really coming up with concepts and ideas and give our input and say, look, as fans who have been fans for decades, we would love this. And we know this fan base. This is what we do. Fans would love this. Fans would love that. You should bring back this nostalgic moment. And it was so cool because they actually listened to us. They took a lot of our, our ideas into consideration. And now it's awesome because we get to watch some of these things happen on stage every night and know that we made a difference. We were part of it. And now other people are enjoying it because of the ideas that we had that we 
really just came from our from our hearts as fans and knew that other people would relate to as well. So that's something that's really cool to me. It's been awesome to like watch them launch that, have it be one of the biggest selling residencies in Vegas and really just get to be there every night and know that I'm sitting here watching the Backstreet Boys and taking photos of them, posting them online. And this is what I get paid for. It's insane it's It's insane you know so uh so something else i wanted to bring up unless you wanted to have anything else to talk about the backstreet boys or anything cassie because we all know oh i'll have plenty things to say about the backstreet boys over the course of our podcast i I know you will (laughs) yes um also today is the anniversary of the day that nick carter pulled cassie on stage in what 2011 yep 2011 yep so it's the anniversary of that so it's a very special day Yes, I got pulled on stage and serenaded at a show. Um, We'll definitely talk about that. We'll talk about that more because it was an incredible story. But happy anniversary, Cassie. (laughs) Thank you. You're so welcome. I appreciate it. Um, And so I this is a story. This is my favorite story to tell. And honestly, I tell it all the time and it's not even my story to tell. I mean, I was there working around the same people as Cassie, but I had actually nothing to do with this story, but I watched it unfold. So Cassie and I were living together at the time, um, still in college, working at Warner Brothers Nashville. And Cassie kind of put herself in the position to discover one of the biggest artists currently in country music. Are you talking about Lady Annabella? I am talking about Lady Annabella. <laughs> okay. Cassie, you are so integral in the story of discovering Lady Annabella. Like, I tell the story over and over, <laughs> and now I want it to be your platform, and I want you to tell it. Okay. Um, you know, I think this is a... I, I really enjoy this story because I I do... I mean, Lady Annabella are incredible musicians and an amazing group, and I'm glad that they have had the success that they've had as a group. And also just to like put this in into perspective for people, you were how old when this happened? 19. 19. Yes. Couldn't even drink yet. Yes. Hanging out of bars, doing this thing, but couldn't even drink yet. Yeah. I had to um, figure out a lot of ways to get in the showcases that were 21 and up in like Nashville. Getting a work. fake ID literally to scout artists. Yep. That was, Funny, that was right? me, but I'm, I'm glad it happened because yeah. it, you know, it's a part of my story. Uh, but you know, Lady Annabellum was a. Uh, it was interesting how that kind of kind of came about. Um, I was. I would say a majority of our job at that time, uh, working at Warner, was being. We were sort of like the MySpace girls. That's how we were, kind of. No, known. we were literally verbally called the MySpace girls. Yes, that's what we were. Yeah. yeah. So you know, kind of like how people are the social team now. We were the mm-hmm. MySpace girls in the office, and. Um, one of the people and at the A&R team, and just so you all understand, like the A&R team at a record label is the team who oversees music being created and an artist being signed. They they pick out songs, they figure out what uh, acts the label are going to to bring in and nurture and release music to the world. And there was a woman uh, on the A&R team at the time. Her name is Tracy Gershon. She uh, She's incredible. You should Google her. She's an A&R music legend in Nashville. She was one of the judges on Nashville Star at one point. She's awesome. Um, And she came into the office one day and she's like, Cassie, I want you to find me an act to sign on MySpace. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll do my best. (laughs) And um, I sent her three different pages. And one of those pages was... No, 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 wait. I'm going to jump in here. Okay. Again, Cassie and I were living together at the time. We also were hustling children, basically. And we would, everyone would leave Warner at night at 5 p.m., 5.30. We would be there most nights till 9 or 10 because we were just wanting to do things, get things done, show that we had value to 
hopefully get a more temp- uh, a less temporary, more permanent position at this record label. So Cassie, I know she put, you didn't just give her three pages. You started going around town. You found artists you thought were good and you started going to their shows and watching them and really put, like you put so much effort into giving her your thoughts on this. And I thought that was even back then, I thought it was so impressive because you were just like, okay, these three look good. I think this could work. You started literally doing A&R at 19 when you necessarily didn't even know every little thing you were doing. You just went with your gut and made it happen. Well, it's important that when you do a task in any task in life, if you want to do it well, you have to be a hundred percent engaged and dedicated to that task. And yes, I could have just checked a box off my to-do list that was find three MySpace pages and send to Tracy. I could have done that, but no, I wanted to be confident in the choices that I that I sent to her. I mean, and even then, I was 24, you were 19. I, for some reason, had, and granted, I'm not an A&R person, that's not my strength, but the fact that you sit there and you were, you know, telling me reasons why this one would work and that one wouldn't work and this one had potential. I couldn't even look at something like that at that age. It's taken me years to get there. And you were doing that at 19. I thought if I had to do it, I would have been like, these three sound good to me. And I don't think I had the, like the perspective yet to look at it from a wider audience perspective. But again, you could do that at 19. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to do that task that was given to me very, very well. And you did. Yes. So so one of those three acts that I brought to Tracy was Lady Antebellum. And she immediately, like, she saw their page, went to go see them live and was like, I got to sign them. Like, this is, this is going to happen. And uh, it it was, it was really cool because they, uh, they brought them into Warner and I got to sit in on like the meeting like where the artist comes in and plays for like the record label head and like all the you know vps of different departments and i got to be like the the kid in the room and like watch it all because i was uh because i had found them on myspace and that was that was a really uh that was a really cool moment for me and um what ended up happening from that whole thing is it sort of uh it set off what we call a bidding war for record labels for lady antebellum and what that means is that uh, a bidding war is when there's multiple record labels come in and start offering deals for the same artist, and that's what happened with them. So Warner was the first label to come in and want to sign Lady Antebellum, and then um, other labels started hearing about them, and it became a very competitive situation. So what ended up happening, actually, is that they ended up signing their publishing to Warner but they ended up signing to Capital Nashville for a record deal because they offered a better situation. But what ended up happening from that sort of introduction that I made was that um, Paul Worley was um, working at Warner at the time, and he is he left Warner to be their producer and continue working with them after that whole situation happened, even though they didn't end up signing with Warner. So, um, you know, I feel like I was a, a little part in their story and, and some of the people that... Uh, that ended up on their on their team, and we actually got to um, work on their MySpace page in digital when they launched their first single. Yeah. when we were because uh, we had started our company at that time and uh, picked up capital. It kind of Nashville. all came right around. So, so it was cool to yeah. continue to get to watch it at some point, even though they didn't sign at the they didn't sign the record deal at the label that um, we brought them to at that time. Yeah, it was it was really really amazing to watch. So. Just know that if you guys are young, you don't know what you, you know, you don't know what your next next steps are, but you have an intuition or a gut feeling, go with it. 
do it. You guys can start doing things now. So, you know, I, I, again, I get a lot of these questions. How do I do this? How do I get your job? And it's just do what you do. Start doing something. Start a street team. Go to a bunch of concerts and give out stickers about your street team. I mean, literally, whatever you can do, do it. Start a podcast. One thing that I think about a lot with the whole Lady in a Bellum story is that, wow, like I was I was really young, but I still people were, you know, still like ask me for my opinion and listen to me. And I was able to find a way to make my opinion valuable. And that's that I like to share that concept and story with people because I want them to, you know, feel the same way and empowered at, at a young age. I think that's that's really important just because you're young doesn't mean that you can't have a great opinion or think about something or see something that other people don't see. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, actually, in one of the upcoming weeks, we're bringing on Helen Showalter, who is the senior branding manager at CrowdSurf. And she has a very similar story. And I always feel like she's like the mini version of us now. So something else that I think is really cool is, how, is you know, now that we've kind of reached a lot of our own goals and accomplished a lot of our dreams is how we get to help other people do the same thing, get to do things that they've always wanted to do or things that they've, you know, dreamed of, but never thought they could do. And we are kind of there to help sort of nudge them along or help make something amazing happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool because we've gotten to, you know, have these incredible moments where we brought either like our friends or even our parents to live some of their dreams through our jobs. So I thought we'd just take a minute and share some of those stories because they're really adorable. Um, I know you have a really cute one about your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that my dad is a really important part of why I got to go to as many concerts is as, as I did as a, as a kid, you know, I was going to Chicago and Atlanta and all these places, you know, before I could drive to them myself. And I'm really grateful that my dad and other family members were able to, um, tolerate me <laughs> and, and drive me to, <laughs> to these concerts and, and let me do these sort of things. So, it was it was really cool when I was able to finally like get tickets and and get meet and greets and backstage passes for something my dad actually cared about versus him going to a pop concert with me <laughs> that he was necessarily not that. But your dad is a Backstreet Boys fan. I think he is now. He definitely used to fight me on it when I was younger and he would be like, oh, these guys are not going to be around in two years. Like, I remember one time when after a Backstreet Boys concert, I went to the hotel because I wanted to try to meet AJ, actually. Um, I was I was probably like I was 12 or 13. And um, AJ went to like the the pool, like he went to go play pool at the bar that I, you know, that his, obviously his, can't get into. Yeah, that yeah. his fans can't get into. That's probably a really good place for yeah. him to go. And my dad's like, hey, hey, hey I'm going to go down and play pool with, with AJ. And I, I could like see him through like this, like sort of like weird, it was like a staircase and I could like peer down and see him. And so I think that's when he started liking me. He's like, oh, like AJ was actually like cool. And so like he began to respect them a little bit more, but I was definitely like, you know, he definitely like teased me about it and made me like, extremely jealous well you know what's so funny my dad one time took me to long island to see this concert and there were different bands there but one of the artists playing was wyclef and okay. so i was there pretty much stalking 98 degrees in the lobby and some of them were in the bar and my dad was all like i can go in the bar and ends up talking to wyclef and did the same thing was like oh you're out there stalking nick cliche and i'm hanging out with wyclef like i'm so cool and he loved it you know he loved it oh he totally he totally loved it, loved it. <laughs> that's so, amazing 
But I know you took your dad one time to see Aerosmith. Yeah, and that, that was like his thing. Like when he, you know, when he was kind of growing up, he loved like Aerosmith and ACDC. And I've actually gotten to take him to both of those concerts and then actually got to take him to meet um, Aerosmith backstage. And that was just a, a cool experience to be able to, you know, take him to a concert that he was excited about and introduce him to the the band and him be able to get a picture and post about it on his Facebook and be excited about it the way when I, you know, got to be excited about those, those moments when, when I was younger. So this isn't really about music, but it all kind of crosses over. My dad used to always take me to concerts, the Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you so much, dad. Thank, thank you, you, Craig. Yes. Thank Craig. You, Mom. Yes. Cassie's a big fan of my dad. His name is Craig. He kind of works for us sometime on the side. So he's a crowd surf team member too. And so is my mom. It's really cool to kind of like have that experience too. But we'll talk about that later. But my dad is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, as am I. And we, you know, we had seen a few games before. We had really bad nosebleed seats. It was amazing. But I always wanted to give my dad like a really good, amazing side of the field experience. So I actually, through working with 98 Degrees, on that tour, I met some girls in Dallas who worked for the Cowboys, and now they're amazing friends of mine. They're literally the coolest girls ever, and it's so cool because I kind of like hook them up with boy band tickets. They kind of hook me up with football tickets. It's a really great exchange, but um, my dad, uh, my dear friend Amy Pratt, she allowed me to bring my dad took us down to the field before a game. He got to watch, you know, the the press room. He got to see the players run onto the field. And my dad, you have to understand, my dad, I'll post a picture of him, but he's a big guy. He is 6'7", huge. Like, he looks like a football player. And he doesn't really show emotion. No, he does not. He's probably going to hate that I said this, but he kind of cried a little bit. Oh, Craig. And that was one of the best moments of my life because I was like, wow, I did this, like, I you know, grew up, got this job and was able to make these connections and do this thing that like, I was able to kind of like pay back for all the things my dad had like taken me to see. So that was an amazing, amazing experience. And also we're talking about my dad. I have to talk about my mom, Benny, Benny, She's great. everyone loves Benny. Benny works for CrowdServe. She does our accounting and HR from our quote unquote satellite office in Chester, Virginia a.k.a. my childhood kitchen. And um, I actually took her. It was a really cool thing. She loves Dirk Bentley. And so this was a while ago. I don't even know what year, maybe like 2008 or something. But Dirk's, um, yeah, it was a while ago. That's a throwback. Yeah. And so this was during um, CMA week. And um, Dirk's had this like really cool event at his home for industry people and people that worked with him. And we were working on the project at the time. And like, we got to go to his home. He had this giant campfire set up. They had like barbecue and whiskey and all these amazing things. And I mean, my mom still talks about that to this day. Like it was the coolest thing for her. I remember Dirks and his wife made everybody a little jar of homemade jam that said Bentley Berry Jam. And that little container is still in the cabinet of our of our kitchen because mom <laughs> will not get rid of it. Um, so just cool things like that that have happened. It's so cool to give back and see everything come full circle. So those are just some stories, but just some other things we wanted to share to kind of let you guys get to know us um, a little better. So absolutely. Um, so Jade. Yeah. Do you think that people are tired of hearing us talk by now? I mean, if they've gotten this far, they either like us 
or they're related to us, or their computer's on mute. True. So I guess we'll end it there. Um, you guys, next week, you're going to get to hear way more than us talking. We are going to bring on a guest. A guest? A guest. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a guest. And we will be having a guest every week from now on. We just wanted to have an episode so you guys can kind of get to know us, know what we're about, know our story, kind of get our feet wet and understand what we're doing with this thing because we're rookies. Yep. And then you won't have to, like, be tortured by us as exactly, much Exactly. It'll be about the cool people that It'll we're be about the on. other people. They're yeah. way cooler than us. So next week, our guest is Miss Nina Kolb, and she Woo! is the director of publicity at CrowdServe. Yes, we're making our employees do this first just to like you know everybody's got to get their feet wet but um nina's amazing and she's my travel buddy she's we always share a hotel when we travel together for work and and just so you guys know that that's a big accomplishment on our own jade is very particular about who i'm really particular with yeah i yeah i i'm a very freestyle traveler and so if you can't like hang with my vibe i'm you get on my nerves so nina nina knows how to do it but nina works with some acts like why don't we Eben, Andy Grammer, AJR, and other things she'll tell you guys about. I don't want to give it all away, but um, Nina is coming on next week, and I'm so excited about that. She's the coolest. You all are going to love her. Love her. Um, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to our first podcast. We really hope you liked it. We'd love if you could subscribe and give us five stars and leave a really nice comment for us. Really nice. Yes. It, uh, it helps us find new people and, um, you know, we, it'll really help us get this thing going. So and it'll help me feel good about myself. And that's the most important thing. It really Jade is. Feel good about herself. <laughs> so uh, you guys also, please follow us on Instagram. We probably have like two followers right now because this is the first podcast. So follow us. We will follow you back. Can I say that? Yeah. Can we follow them back? We're yeah. going to follow them back. So um, the podcast is the name of the Instagram. It's the same thing. So how I got backstage on Instagram, send us messages. If you guys have questions, we do want to start answering questions on other episodes because right now we don't know everything you guys want to hear, everything you guys want to learn about. So let us know and we will answer those questions. But I guess that's where we wrap up. So yep. I think we may have did this right. It sounded okay to me. I think it's listenable. Yeah, I don't think it's like complete torture. It's Yeah, it's not complete torture. I think we've <laughs> succeeded. So thank you guys so much. Tune in again next week. I'll be here. Cassie will be here. Yes, I will. Nina will be here. And you will be here too, we hope. Bye, guys. Bye.